Um, I'll title it as, don't hang in there like they say, but stand in there. Because as you stand in there, the Lord is standing with you. Because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. With Christ, you are more than a conqueror. You see, our God knows what everyone is going through. He knows what every one of us is going through. Before you were born, before you were even formed in the womb, the Lord knew you. So he knows where you are going to. But the problem with us is we, most times we don't even know ourselves. The challenge here is Satan knows us more than we know ourselves. And that alone on its own is a big trouble. It's a big trouble. But this morning, the Lord wants to encourage us. The Lord wants to encourage us because he knows what we are going through. We cannot afford to give up. We have come too far. Nobody forced us to come to church this morning. We encourage ourselves. That alone is faith. You had this faith to wake up and step forward and come to church. That alone is the grace of God. It says his grace is sufficient for us. In our weakness, he perfects his strength. That's God. You can't question him. And that's what makes him God. If you remove that, then he's no more God. And that's why solutions does not, solution will not come at once. Like the Big Bang Theory. You've got to work out your faith patiently with God. You remove, if there's solution to everything, then God is no more God. Then why do you have to turn to your God? We are created in his own image to, to glorify him. For his own glory. Not for our own glory. So we're going to read the book of Acts 16. From verse 9 to 10. But I'll just try as much as possible. And just... Make it very short because of time. Now Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing, in, standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. And that's in Acts 16, verse 9 to 10. So Paul had a vision. And someone was begging him in that vision. Come to Macedonia. The man was standing. He was not hanging. He was not sitting. But he was standing. That is very significant. So Paul had a vision. If we, because I've read Acts at our own time, we can read Acts chapter sixteen. But because I've read it, I just want to make it. I just want to summarize it so that we can save some time. Paul had a vision. Before the vision, the church was growing. And that was encouraging for Paul and every other uh, followers of the gospel. That was quite encouraging. And God himself, told, the spirit of Jesus, told him where to go and where not to go. So he was a man under instruction. 
It was a man that was listening to God and God was directing him. And suddenly he had a vision to go to Macedonia. A man was begging, standing also. So, as a man of God, as someone who believed in Jesus Christ, he hearkened and he went to Macedonia. He went to Macedonia. If you look at that same chapter from verse 16 to 18, he was jailed, he was in prison for the same cause. So that was discouraging, isn't it? Discouraging for your father to send you on an errand and then for you to realize that at the end of the day, you were being persecuted. So it was discouraging. But the encouraging thing was he was not discouraged in the prison. He kept praising the Lord, trusting the Lord, and the Lord came through. Yes, we have blood flowing in our veins. It's not easy most times to hang in there. It's not very easy to be encouraged. The Bible recalls that David came back to Ziglag and found out that everything was taken away. <clears throat> the town was destroyed. Town or city was destroyed. And instead of his own army, his own soldiers to encourage him, they were going to stone him. Naturally, David fell and wept. But the, the same Bible records that David encouraged himself and went before the Lord. Should I pursue? And the Bible records that the Lord said, you will not only pursue, you will overtake and you will, uh, you, you, will, you will overtake and you will recover all. And David overtook and recovered all. God even used an Egyptian for the same cause. It is natural to be discouraged. Don't let us hit ourselves. We are human beings. And that's why I'm going to show some people in the scripture that were discouraged. They were even on the run. The same Elijah that, did, that killed the evil priest, that did all sorts of things, that called fire to fall from heaven, the same Paul, uh, sorry, the same Elijah in chapter 19 was running away from Jezebel. Why? Why would you do so much and yet run away from a woman just because she said she was going to do something to you? Or run away from a man because he says he's going to do something to you? Paul was under divine instruction. But one thing I want us to know this morning is going to be strange. If you are discouraged or under persecution, I say congratulations. <laughs> if you are discouraged or under persecution, I say congratulations. And you get to know at some point. I've always shared one, I've always used one analogy. You see a ball on the rugby pitch. I don't know how many people play, I know 22 people play soccer, right? But I don't know how many people play rugby. I didn't do my research before preaching, so pardon me, please. How many people play rugby games? Sorry? 30. 
30, sir. Thank you very much. 30 people chasing one ball. Does it make sense? Yes. 22, <laughs> 22 people chasing one football. I play every Saturday, most Saturdays, and 22 of us will be chasing one ball. Why? Because the ball is so important. 20, 30 people are chasing one rugby ball because they want to win, and that rugby ball is very important. If you are discouraged, you are being persecuted, it is because you are very important. Satan knows something that you probably didn't know. And I want to challenge us this morning to know what Satan knew or knows that we do not know. Before Jesus Christ started his ministry, after being baptized, before he started his ministry at all, the first thing he did was to go into the wilderness and fasted for 40 days and 40 nights. And Satan had the God, the courage to come there. Satan quoted the scripture. Jesus, too, quoted the scripture. Why? Because the word himself knew what Satan knew, that knew what Satan knew, and he challenged him. So the word himself, Jesus Christ, that Satan quoted, the word himself quoted scripture to counter what Satan quoted. So meaning that the word himself, Jesus, understood what Satan was trying to achieve. But that's not the point. The point here is, if we are discouraged, I want us to draw strength this morning from the fact that we have a God that is more than what you can ever think or imagine. We have a God that is bigger than all the mountains put together. We have a God that says, I am the I am. So he's just who he is. You can't define or phantom him. We have a God that says in Exodus chapter 14, verse 14, he says he will fight your battle because you are important. And if you ask him, why would you fight my battle? You go to Exodus chapter 15, verse 3. He says, because I am a man of war and the Lord is my name. You have a God that knew you even before today. You have a God that has not created you to be persecuted. He says in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 19, he says, I will fight your battle. He says, I will fight your battle. Somebody says, I will fight your battle. Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 19. So no matter what we are going through, no matter the challenge, our God says he will fight our battle. That alone for me is enough. Meaning that, as the Bible says, weeping may endure for a night, joy comes in the morning. Weeping may endure for a night, joy comes in the morning. And the Bible also says, surely there is, a ma- there is an end to a matter. So no matter what we are going through. And I remember when we were trusting God for Blossom, the very first time I saw the scripture, there's an end to a matter. I said, really, in the scripture? And I held on to it. I said, yes. I was waiting. There's an end to it. At, at some point, there will be an end to it. And that happened. 
So we have a God that wants us to trust him. In Psalm 145, he says he is trustworthy in his words and his promises. He is faithful to accomplish that which he has said. His words are like two-edged sword. They never return to him void. Praise the Lord. Just like us today, people, there were people in the scripture that were discouraged. So, if you are discouraged or you have been persecuted, you have probably will find one that is similar to yours here. Moses, right from childhood, was taken away and he was literally on the run. So when Moses was given birth to, they hid his mother did hid him just around the uh, river. So Moses was a child that was on the run. And that's in Exodus chapter 2, verse 1 to 4. Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, my Lord and Savior, was also on the run. Why would Jesus Christ be taken and taken to Africa? Why would our God put his own son on the run from a man? These are questions we should ask ourselves. He has the power. He has everything to say, stay there and I will shield you. Meaning that sometimes we could be on the run. We could be discouraged. It doesn't mean the world will fall down. It's just part of strengthening us and to get the best out of us. Because Satan knows something that we also need to know. Obadiah hid hundred prophets in First King chapter 18, verse 4. Why would God's own prophets be hidden from danger? God has got every power. Couldn't they just prophesy? Just like Elijah and, just, or Elijah and just get angry and ask fire to come from heaven. Why? These are questions we should ask ourselves. Elijah, like I shared earlier, Elijah was on the run from Jezebel. After doing so much, he even said, kill, he, said, he, said he told God to kill him. And he, he ran away from his servant. But he got a vision. The interesting thing is, he didn't see God in the earthquake. He didn't see God in the wind. He didn't see God in the fire, but he saw God when there was quietness. When he was silent. Meaning that no matter what we are going through, we should come to a point where we are just quiet and attentive to hear from our Father. Because he will speak. Our father is like a radio station. The transmitter is always on. But you need to fine tune your radio set. And fine tuning your radio set has a lot which can even form a preaching on his own, which I won't go into. David is another character. David was anointed a king. David served Saul for seven years. 
Another four years, David ran away from Saul. And another four years, David was in Ziglag. So four years, so 14 years in total, he was running away from Saul. But this was a man that was already anointed. Why? He had everything to be discouraged, every reason to be discouraged. Abraham was promised he was going to have a child for 25 years. He waited. Joseph had a dream. And for another 11 years, he waited. How many years have we waited? The Lord is more than able. We just need to stand in there and trust the Lord because we know we have gone too far to go back. It's even more dangerous to go back because the world will laugh at us. The people who have preached the gospel to will laugh at us. The enemy Satan himself will laugh at us. Remember when we gave our lives, the heavenly hosts were rejoicing. So it's not possible for us to go back. We should just stand in there because we know what our God says. He says, many are the afflictions of the righteous, but he will deliver him from them all. And when he says a thing, he will bring it to come to pass. He is a faithful God. If you are discouraged or on the run, I say congratulations. It means Satan has seen something in you that you probably do not see a reward. The Bible says God is the rewarder of those who diligently serve him. And that's in Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. If anyone's there, please read for us. God bless you as you read. Hebrews 11, verse 6. Thank you very much, Mark. God bless you. Without faith, it is impossible to please our God. It is impossible for us to please God without faith. The Bible says even lack of faith is a sin on its own. But here is the thing. When we lack faith, we can still pray to him and say, Lord... I need your help. That man in the scripture said, help my unbelief. It's because we are not perfect. We are human beings. There are times we need to lock the door and have a chat with our God. You ask questions. It is not an offense to ask God questions. It is not an offense to be discouraged and say, Lord, I am discouraged. I need encouragement. I shared this with Pastor, I think about two or three weeks ago. I can't remember. I was unemployed in December. 
And I was desperate for a job in January. But because it was slow in January, in February, the first week, I was discouraged. I was literally discouraged. I can tell you this. I was discouraged. And I woke up that morning. I prayed as usual. And I said, Lord, I am discouraged. I told him. I said, I am discouraged. And what he told me was, what did I share with you on the, first, on the 31st, the 1st, and the 2nd of January while you were fasting? I quickly went to, I have a book where I write all these things, and I quickly went there, and I saw it, that he told me, this is a testimony, and this is to the glory of God. I cannot sell God to you, you know God. And I went there, and I saw it, the revelation he gave to me was that my employer would call me back. And that same week, I got a test message. My employer called me back. I was discouraged, but the Lord encouraged me. He saw that I was genuine. I was desperately in need of a job. And I came up. I didn't pretend. No show. I said, Lord, I am discouraged now. Not that I have done anything right. Not that I am perfect. Not that I tick all the boxes in holiness. But he had compassion. He says in Psalm 145, everything he has created, he has compassion. He says, come, let us reason together. He wants to reason with us. God wants to reason with us. It takes your mate to reason with you, isn't it? You cannot reason with a two-year-old boy or a six-year-old girl. You can only reason with your type. And the Bible says, come, let us reason together. So let us reason together. God is saying that. There are times it's not about praying and fasting. It's about actually being sincere and honest with your God. And say, Lord, I am struggling in this. Just like that man said, help my own belief. He was sincere. That's what God wants from us. Because we will be discouraged. There's no way we will escape it. Now, where is discouragement coming from? Okay, when you are expecting, the Bible says, hope deferred. Bible says, hope deferred makes the heart sick. So the Lord knows that if your hope is deferred, your heart will be sick. So, our God knows that every hope that is deferred in your life will make you sick. Make you sick means you'll be discouraged. Sorry, I'm, quote, I'm quoting King James Version. Please pardon me. You see? So when the hope, your hope is deferred, your heart will be sick. So God knows hope deferred will make the heart sick. But when we are going through all of this, and we are sound, everything around us is like there's hopelessness or negativity. And it's like we've been praying the same prayer for many years. And it's like 
Nothing seems to be happening. It is not the time to take any action other than to ask God questions. But a lot of us, including me, at some point, I thought our God is that man that is over there, that is far from us. You have to be holy. You have to do some things before you can hear from him. You have to know. He says in Daniel chapter 2, verse 22, he knows the deep and the secret things. He knows that which is in the dark and light dwells with him. You read further to verse 28. He says, only the God of heaven can reveal the secret things. It is, he says it's for his own glory to hide some things from us. It's for our own glory to unravel and get to know why. Why is he doing all of this? He is a jealous God. He wants us to himself. Facebook, internet, video films, we take our time. God wants us. Initially, I don't, we watch TV weekends at some point. Even Sky, we don't watch Sky anymore. I want quality time with my maker. Because there are a lot going on that we cannot use our strength. We need God to open our eyes to fight a lot of battles. Because he that is in, with us is more than those that are against us. Quality time with our maker will change the dynamics. Quality time with our God, our Lord and Savior, our master will change the dynamics. Spending quality time in his presence to know him more than we know him will change a lot of things. Giving him time. We don't go late to work, but we come late to church. I'm not saying, I'm not condemning, but it's a statement of fact. Even me, I come late to church. It's a statement of fact. So discouragement will lead to impatience. Impatience will lead to wrong decision. And wrong decision will lead to generational causes. I will repeat that. Discouragement will lead to impatience. Impatience will lead to wrong decisions. Wrong decisions will lead to generational causes. We all have Gera, like Isaac. Gera is a place where God told Isaac, remain there. And we all have our father's house that we have to leave, like Abraham. God told Abraham, leave your father's house. If God is not telling us to move, we can't move. If God is not telling us to leave a church, we can't move. Otherwise, we'll be doing things on our own accord. God told you to move to a church and be part of them. Did God tell you to go out of the church? If you are not sure God is asking you to move, you are making a very big mistake. The Lord will have to tell you when it's time to move. Pastor has not paid me to say this. I have to make it clear. He hasn't paid me to say this. I'm just saying it as the, the Lord has ministered to me. There are genuine excuses, valid excuses to move from a church. 
But is, is the Lord saying we should move? When Jesus Christ, when there was storm, and Jesus Christ was in the boat with the disciples, it was a storm. The Bible says it was a storm. But Jesus Christ did not rebuke the storm. He rebuked the wind because the wind is behind the storm. So when we see everything wrong with a church, is it everything that is wrong with the church that's the problem or another problem? Or Satan, the common enemy? There's no perfect church that we can go to and say well, everything is perfect in this church. But what, is, what should be perfect is our relationship with our God. Because you can be in a church where you don't feel anything, but what is the connection? What, are you, are you, what is your relationship with your God? Abraham left his father's house and moved to where God wanted him to be. Generational blessing. The same Abraham, the same Abraham moved when it was not time to move and had Ishmael. When it was not time to move, he moved. After being promised that he was going to have a child for 25 years, now you look at the credential here. You look at everything that is happening in the Middle East. Look at everything that is happening in London, in France. We can trace it back to Abraham's action for not waiting. Not waiting means it is possible for you to uproot your family from a church and take them elsewhere where they are meant to have their own destiny. Where their destiny is supposed to collide with time. Where their children are supposed to be blessing to people that are waiting. Where they are supposed to meet those that their destinies are tied to. But we can see trivial things and see some things and then move on. Move on. But is God telling us to move? That is the big question. We can have lots of reasons to move on. But is it? The Bible says not everything that is expedient is lawful. And not all that is lawful is expedient. Meaning that we must trust God. Lean not on your own understanding. Trust the Lord with your heart. In all your ways, acknowledge him. So Isaac, after Abraham moved, and Isaac was in Gerar, Isaac wanted to move, and the Lord said, stay there in Gerar. It was recorded in the Bible that Isaac prospered, and an entire nation envied him because of his prosperity. So spiritual location is very important. Spiritual location is very important. Physical location is very important. Saul did not wait. Saul was discouraged. Saul was impatient that Samuel had not come for seven days. And the moment he offered the sacrifice, 
Samuel appeared. It is not good to jump the gun. It can lead to disaster. Because he did not wait for Samuel, his kingdom was taken away from him. We can't just do anything or take a decision without asking God. When we are discouraged, it is a time to wait and trust God. Just rounding up now. But there is one assurance that we have. And that's in John 16 verse 33. John 16 verse 33. If you are there, please read. John 16 verse 33. John 16, 33. I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. Mm. In this world you will have trouble. Mm. But take heart, I have overcome the world. Thank you, sir. In this world there will be trouble. But God has overcome for us. There will be trouble. There's no way we won't face challenges. It's part of life. Trouble is what makes life complete. Trouble should straighten us and should not make us give up. In the book of Job, chapter 14, verse 1, the Bible says, A child that is a day old is full of trouble. There's trouble already. So a child is born into trouble from day one. Job chapter 14 verse 1. There's trouble everywhere. But God has told us here, he has overcome. He has given us the grace. The trouble won't be the end. The trouble is the beginning of great things to come. And if we look at those that we're running from, those who were on the run that were discouraged, Moses, we know what happened. Jesus, our Lord and Savior, Obadiah that, that eat the prophets, Elijah, eventually, we know what happened, David. So they all had a goal that was set in front of them, but they accomplished it. But the trouble was to derail them. But they were not discouraged to the point where they gave up. Now, as we round up, please let's ask ourselves these questions within us. Let's be sincere and genuine with ourselves. Because the whole idea of this talk is to be encouraged and to put Satan to shame. That we will not be discouraged to that point where we begin to backslide. Ask, let's ask ourselves, am I hanging there or standing Am I, just, am I hanging now and just waiting? Am I so discouraged that I am just hanging there? Am I discouraged serving God? These are questions we need to ask ourselves. They are not, it's not an offense to ask these questions. Am I discouraged serving God? Am I even discouraged coming to church? 
Am I just coming to church because my wife is coming or because my husband is coming? Am I just coming because I, want, I don't want them to think if I don't come, I'm probably not in it anymore? Am I coming just because I just want to socialize? I can't feel it. Am I coming just because I don't want people to say otherwise? Remember that Satan will use genuine excuses for you to want to walk away. Satan will not relocate you from your destiny, your place of destiny in Jesus' name. Number four, have I got unanswered questions within me? Have I got unanswered questions within me? Are there questions that are yearning for answers within me that I'm worried about? Am I becoming impatient with God? You have waited and waited and waited and now you are becoming impatient. Well, if you are familiar with any of those questions, I will say congratulations. Because it means you are a human being. And it means the word of God is being fulfilled. That there will be trouble, but it will overcome for you. It means you are aligning in the scheme of things with God. It means you are not a big bang theory. It means God is real. Because he says, many are the afflictions of the righteous. He will deliver him from them all. Even the celebrities with millions of dollars, they still have challenges. And if you begin to look at their, we thank God for Christian marriages. You begin to look at their marriages and you begin to wonder, are they going in need to just have, to be prepared to work out the next minute? I can't remember where I heard this, but they said in London that the number of people that are beginning to doubt if Jesus Christ actually resurrected is increasing. It means a lot is happening and things are getting better in Jesus' name. Don't let me say the reverse. So asking these questions, we need to understand that when we begin to ask these questions, it's time for God to encourage us and for us to be encouraged. Joshua chapter 8 verse 1, the Lord encouraged Joshua. And the Lord will encourage you in Jesus' name. I said the Lord encouraged Joshua and he will encourage you in Jesus' name. I said the Lord encouraged Joshua, the Lord will encourage you in Jesus' name. The same God that encouraged Joshua, he spoke to Joshua. And he encouraged him. He will encourage us in Jesus' name. And the same God that encouraged the Corinthians in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 7, verse 6, and gave them titles, the same God will give you a destiny helper that will help your cause in Jesus' name. The same God will encourage us out of that discouragement in Jesus' name. Is a faithful God. He is an embodiment of good news. 
He is not a wicked God. He cannot put his own to shame. He won't create you to be ridiculed. He will honor his word in Romans chapter 10. Everyone who call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. He will honor his word in Acts chapter 2. As it is in the scripture, those who believe in him will never be put to shame. He will honor his word in Joel chapter 2 verse 26. My people will not be put to shame. You cannot be put to shame. Even though you are discouraged, it is not the end. When the heat is on, that, is, that means the breakthrough is just there. When you are discouraged and you are losing faith, it means the door is about to open. Let us rise up. We're going to pray. To start with, we want to pray prayer of forgiveness. That the Lord should forgive us. The Bible says, if we say we have not sinned, we are liars. And liars won't go to heaven. Praying for forgiveness means that we know that, yes, we, it is only God that can help us. Because we are not perfect. Let's pray that the Lord will forgive us of anything that represents sin in our lives. Let's pray that the Lord will have mercy on us. Let us pray for rededication, that we rededicate our lives to God, the Almighty. That even though we are discouraged, Lord, I am rededicating my life to you. Even though things are not appearing to be the way I want them, Lord, I will remain dedicated no matter what the enemy does. Even though I have not seen the things I want around me, I will remain dedicated in Jesus' name. Now let us pray for encouragement. That the Lord, the God of Elijah himself, the God that answers by fire, will encourage us. He will perfect his strength in us. That they will see the Lord in us. That he will use us to glorify his name. Let us pray. And if those questions that I have asked today, earlier today applies to you, let's come forward because pastor is going to pray for us. Because to be discouraged means Satan is at something. And it's only God that can encourage us to come out of it. If we want God to encourage us this morning and take us and bring us out of those challenges, we need to put it before him. We need to be sincere and say, Lord, I have come. I need your encouragement. Let's step forward as pastor is ready to pray for us.